We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCrady. That is uh, Tyler Siski here on this uh, Monday, February the 12th, 2024. Thanks for uh, being with us in the stream. Thanks to all who listen, all the feedback, and all of those things. We're brought to you by, uh, like I said, Rain Total Body Fuel. It would help to have uh, that reader up, but I got it right here. And, uh, you know, Rain's been with us the entire time. 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Please check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Neil, I'm rocking the Kiwi blend today. Mm-hmm. This is a nice, light afternoon flavor. It's very good, very refreshing. Um, I think I'm going to bust out uh, the strawberry guava or the citrus zest for Thursday. Oh. One of the new flavors. Okay. I was going to do it today. Didn't have time. So sticking with this, love love me some rainstorm. It's taking over. It's taking over all the stores. What were the two you just said? Citrus zest? Citrus, citrus zest and strawberry guava. You know what? Bring me a citrus zest on Thursday. Do you like strawberries? Okay. Okay. Well, if you're a strawberry guy, people who like strawberry flavored things, Almost a hundred percent say the strawberry guava is the best flavor oh. that Rain's ever made. Okay, if you are a strawberry person, I'm not a big strawberry person. Like for me, I am. Yeah, it's probably my favorite. The citrus zest, it has a uh, grapefruit hint in it. Mm-hmm. Grapefruit slash, we'll get your. We'll, I don't want to. Okay, we'll get your. I'm, I'm a big grapefruit guy. Well, oh, then you're going. Citrus zest will be your favorite. So, Neil. The Cooper Chevrolet chat is already bumping. We're back. I want to remind everybody that now through March the 4th, you can get super low 1.9% APR financing on great selection of Car Bravo certified pre-owned vehicles, including Chevy, Fords, GMCs, Buicks, Jeeps, Toyotas, and more. Call 
236-4481-256-236-4481. And make sure you tell them that McCready and Siski sent you. Uh, speaking of, my good friend, Greg Montgomery from Cooper Chevrolet. Yeah. He went to the Super Bowl yesterday. He snuck one. He snuck a trip in on me to Vegas for the Super Bowl. He uh, sent me, like, some screenshots. I was in church, of all places. The person behind me probably already knew I was a heathen, probably really thinks I'm a heathen. Um, you know what? <laughs> I mean, this isn't the life advice segment, but I'm going to give some here. <laughs> as much crap as there is in the world, this is my theory on stuff like this. Yeah. Something tells me that you being in church and happening to get a message from somebody is not real high on God's <laughs> list of priorities. God's got a lot of other stuff to worry about he, other than, hey, Tyler got a text at church this morning. Because yeah, God would be like, listen, <laughs> come to me with something. I, I, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff here, okay? He was busy in Vegas yesterday. He was busy in Vegas. He was busy in Phoenix at the waste management. <laughs> There's some shenanigans going on out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just that's, for a while. I, that's what I'm saying. See but my yeah, point? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But anyway, so I get this text message. With no context. It's just a uh, picture of the Caesars Sportsbook app. Well, I know he lives in Alabama, so it's not legal. And I was like, I started to say, I was about to text him. I started to say, where are you that you're sending me the app? And then I was like, this dude, I know Greg. (laughs) He's in Vegas. So, yeah, they had a good trip. He went out there Friday. Uh, talked to him. He's at the airport today. So I mean, my, my hot take on this, I obviously wasn't in Vegas for the Super Bowl, but Everything that I saw over the course of the week and yesterday, they should just play the damn thing there. Every every year. It just works. It it's kind of like Nashville for the SEC basketball tournament. It yeah. just works. It it seemed to be a really natural fit. Like, I don't know how you could play that game there and then go, you know what we need to do? Let's go to Tampa. No. For what? Yeah, no, I, I think it was one that, you know, you and I have both been to that stadium twice. Back to back yeah, days. I've been three times. Oh, you went for a soccer match. Went, too, I've, right? been, I've been there for a soccer game, a college football game, and now an NFL game. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that stadium. I did ask uh, very specifically because uh, when you and I went, they had this Uber thing down to a science. Yeah. They brought all those in the parking lot. You were in and out. I asked, I said, how did you get? Because I knew the crowd would be crazier, even though this was for a NFL game. It was sold out. But uh, he said that they stayed at Caesars, and they actually had a shuttle that took them around the backside. Oh. They did not go, and they dropped them off so they could walk. And then they, <laughs> then they, I said, well, okay, how did you leave? Because that was the part yeah, that yeah. we were like, oh, because everybody has to leave out the front, and you go across the bridge. Go across the bridge. And you're, and you're fighting for Ubers, right? Right. Can you imagine people fighting for Ubers last night? No. So he said, yeah. He goes, we tried to Mandalay Bay, which is right on the other side. He said, mm-hmm. no. So we started walking like we did. I think we actually – Picked one up at the Excalibur, I think, is where we finally. That sounds right. We went to like three spots. Yeah. I think three spots Exc- in. I think the Excalibur is where we ended up getting a Uber that night. But anyway, he said the traffic was so bad that the Uber ride was going to take, I don't know, however long. They actually walked all the way back to uh, Caesars. You know, when Carson and I went to the uh, the soccer game, we walked all the way back to our hotel, which was you know where the Trump building is? Yeah. Our hotel was like the Flamingo. It was right right near the Trump thing, which is the other complete side of. Yeah, it's way down there. We walked the whole way because it was just like, what was the point? Because, it was again, it was all the traffic. And it was like, let's just keep walking. And after a while, he was like, well, we've made it this far. It's and just I was one like, of, yeah, you're right. Vegas is just one of those things that everything looks like it's right there. 
Yeah. But it's really not. No, it's not. It's, you, you walk for a while. <laughs> it's really not. So we probably walked for almost an hour to get back there. People, what, I guess. But, did we walk back? Was it the hockey hockey uh, game that we walked back from that took us forever? Yeah. But that's not a... It wasn't near as far. Yeah, that's not across the walkway. Because no. it was like probably two-thirds of the way down the strip from where we were staying. Yeah. It was nuts, but... All right, Neil. Uh, let's talk about there was a, there was a pretty big game yesterday. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but yeah, uh, the Thunder bounced back um, from that <laughs> loss to the Mavericks, beat the Kings. Thunder don't usually beat the Kings. Had lost eight straight to the Kings. Sabonis is a matchup problem. Uh, the the Kings play a real high tempo, and for whatever reason, that tempo, the way that the Kings do it, usually bothers the Thunder. But last night, yesterday afternoon, they uh, they handled it pretty well. Ended up getting a win. There was also a big game uh, in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Caitlin Clark went for the record. Okay. Did she get it? She did not get it. She got within okay. eight, but uh, they lost. Nebraska pulled off the upset, made a made a three near did the they buzzer. They the court. They did storm the court. They did. Yep. So, yeah. Um, there you go. Big no, the games. Game, the so, game a couple was, of big games. Yeah. The game I was referring to took place in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, uh, this, this was the Taylor Swift game. Yeah, Taylor Swift game. Yeah. Um, I got I got a lot of faults here. Um. First thing is, you know, I'm going. I'm going to talk a little bit differently than what I guess all the the pundits talk about a little bit. This game was dominated. The flow of the game. People are like, "Oh, this is a boring game." This game was dominated by negative plays. I mean, over and over in every single drive, one both teams were getting behind the chains. Um, good defense was being played, obviously. Um, you know, I think part of it, and I'm going to skip around a little bit. Uh, to the to the bottom here to kind of make this point. It was a very poorly officiated game. Very poorly officiated on both sides. Now, depending on who you're pulling for and all that stuff, you can complain. Literally both sides can complain. But they here was my observational officiating. Tell me whether I'm right. No, you yeah, go ahead. They were so afraid to impact the game that they didn't call the game. Correct. They never they they were letting them play and then and then it got so bad that they felt like they had to make some calls, but even then they didn't. I mean, there were some blatant holding calls on both sides that didn't get called. Yeah, including late in the game. Including late in the game. Yeah. And then you go, and then to call, and I knew it was coming. It, I hate it. This is the one thing I hate about the NFL rules is the illegal contact and defensive holding on a pass play. And it's third and freaking 14 it's or whatever. It's been going on all it's game. It's been going on all game. And now you call it. And they call it. And look, did he hook him? Yeah. That was the right call. It was It was not a bad call from that. It's just not. I mean, you haven't called it all game. What I don't get is how do you call that? And then there's the basically the tackle on Bosa that on what was the, yeah, the game-winning drive. There was a blitzer, McKinnon, when he was in the game. On You know the one that um, – I think they hit Rice on a crosser. That he gets a first down late in the over late in overtime. I had a, I had a few beers. Yeah, I there was a crosser on a big first down play on the at the end of the the last drive of the game, and McKinnon's in the game and he tackles the blitzer, tackles him. That was the 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 pass to uh, Kelsey where he goes down to the ten. No, okay, it, was, it, it, it doesn't was matter. Overtime. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, they were they were it was all game long, and then the spots. So they spotted the ball so bad. I mean, there were Kansas City got screwed at least on three spots. Um, one time it had, you know, there's actually conspiracy theorists uh, on social media today saying the game's been fixed because they didn't really explain it well. No, what it was was 
they had gotten the first down on the play before, but they didn't update it on the graphic. And so the people thought it was second and two, when in reality he had gotten the first down and it was first and ten. No, but it was second down. They they marked it first down. Oh. It's okay. just the opposite. What you, but, oh, okay. but that's why he ran out of bounds. Everybody's like, oh, it says first down now to run out of bounds. But he didn't get – they marked him short. But he he did get the first down. The Pacheco, Pacheco – uh, I say Pacheco. Pacheco. Pacheco I always say Pacheco. Pacheco, he gets he's – he's got a first down late in the game, and they mark him short. It's just – it was a wild deal officiating. Depends on what side you're on. You can you could call it either way. Um, I caught myself basically – when I say cheering, I mean in the lightest term possible. Um, I guess rooting for the 49ers, but it took me, let's see, six one-hundredths of a second to get over the disappointment of the loss. You were okay? Yeah. Well, I was pulling for the Chiefs because I bet on the Chiefs money line. So I was a pretty lofty wager for me, and it hit. So I was happy with that. Um Here's what changed the game. Greenlaw getting hurt, which good gracious, man. Terrible. How awful is that? It's awful. It's the worst. It's the worst part of sports, man. Injuries when someone has worked so hard to get to that place. The pinnacle of the sport, the moment that you've literally lived for you're for your whole life. Middle of the second quarter, you're about to take the field. You just punted the ball. You can see the referee in the in the background s- signaling the stoppage of play. He's taking the field and his Achilles pops. And he knew it. He knew precisely what it was. He was in tears. I was glad they didn't show him sobbing on the sideline. I was told that he was sobbing on the sideline, and I don't blame him a bit. I don't blame him a bit. That's the part about any sport that you hate. You just hate – I hate injuries. Injuries are such a bummer like that. They're a bummer any any way you do it. And then just think about – I mean, the guy's a professional. I mean, he's a professional. He's a guy that gets paid millions of dollars to to hit people for a living. And he gets to the pinnacle of his sport. And jogging and running on the field to yeah. take the field. Yeah, um, that's it when looked, get, it looked like the one that when Kevin Durant did it in the NBA Finals. It mm. looked just like that, where you could see it ripple of oh. his sock. Um, that changed the game. Uh, Travis Kelsey had one catch for one yard when that happened. Yeah, he ended up with nine for ninety three. That changed the game. They, he was he was covered. He was you know con, you know they had a great plan when he went out. They immediately started attacking um, the backup. I can't remember the guy's name. Thirty-three, and he ends up. They they that's what they scored the touchdown on to win the game. They they literally um, used that injury to their. There's two big things from a schematic standpoint. There, they they literally just leveraged the guy the entire game with Kelsey from then on out in in and out of him the whole game. Um, and then the 49ers did an unbelievable job in the first half on the back end. Um, of disguising and trick and, and confusing Mahomes, um, and look, and we'll talk about him here in a second. As good as he is, he had a rough game, and his stats. Everybody, he got MVP, all that stuff. He missed a lot of throws, a lot of throws. The fifty-two yard pass, um, the long one. I mean, he he misses Kelsey. Kelsey's uncovered for probably a thirty-five yard gain. Instead, he threw it up to double coverage. Now it hit, and everybody's like, "Yay!" Uh, but he missed a throw there. The throw to Kelsey um, at the end of the game with like when they had like nine seconds or what it was, they had the one play, 10 seconds at the end of the regulation. He throws, tries to throw the back shoulder to Kelsey. I mean, he's got, he's got Rice running, unco- Rice is going to score 
on a slant that's, that's coming in his vision. He never even – he's throwing the players. I get it. Yeah. I understand all that. But that's why Rice was upset. He, the game's over with. Super Bowl's yeah. over with. I mean, yeah. He hits him. I mean, he's uncovered. Yeah, right in the middle. Right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so he missed He missed some throws. There were a lot of throws um, that he seemed to be locked in on particular guys. Uh, but let me know, hell, what are you going to do, argue with him? He's, he's arguably going to, going to be, which we'll talk about it, probably the greatest to ever play the game. But he didn't have his, his I would say, his A game, especially early on. Uh, but it was good enough to win. Uh, but what I was saying is San Francisco probably in the second half kind of ran out of tricks in the back end. They basically rolled coverage, the, and it's hard to do in the NFL, but they went from two high to one high, one high to two high, and were doing it out of exotic looks, man. I mean, they were asking a lot of their DBs, and they and they they succeeded, but they, yeah. that's, they, they caused confusion. Uh, but in the second half, there was a couple clips – where you could hear they had the microphone on, and you could hear Patrick Mahomes going, Patrick Mahomes going, it's cover two, it's cover two. You know, then asking for the ball. Cause he was after that, he was starting to throw like he hits a corner route on the last drive, which was dead one high. And he didn't even blink. He went ahead and threw the corner route, which is shouldn't be dead one high, knowing that it was gonna go to cover two. So he kind of had their number in the second half. Uh they ran out of tricks there. And then here's the big thing. Um, a lot of coaches are probably talking about this today. Anybody that watches football in great detail is going to be talking about this today. San Francisco abandoned the run. Yeah. They uh, abandoned the run. Tony man. Romo kept saying, you got to run it. You got to run it. You got to run it. And they got away from it a lot. And it was working for them early. Oh, yeah. Frankly, it was working for them early and had McCaffrey not fumbled in the first quarter, I think. It's always amazing how people talk about, like, you know, the extra point. I'm like, well, the turnover was kind of big, you know, because that was they were going to get points on that drive. Three or seven. Yeah. Um, they were at the inside the twenty and yeah. they were they were driving and looked looked pretty methodical. And they were getting ten, nine, ten yards a a a, a carry and he has a bad fumble. He only fumbled twice all year. Yeah. Was a, that was a bad fumble. Um here was the thing though is like, I again I bet on Kansas City, so I was pulling for Kansas City, and you know, I know how you watch football games the same way really coaches watch football games. I watched a lot of scrimmage, and early in that game, brother, it didn't look good for the old Chiefs. No, no, the Niners were dominating the the, the football game on both ends, really the whole first quarter, in, and on on both lines of scrimmage, and they just with the exception of Chris Jones. Good God, yeah, he's single handed. I mean, you know. I know we're jumping around. That's okay. That's what we do. When people – Mahomes is an all-time great. There's no question about that. No Period. No question. No doubt. Uh, all the silliness aside, Kelsey's going to go down as one of the great tight ends in, in history. Chris Jones, that is now two high-level football games that I can remember over the last three years that I believe had his, his position, his spot – been played by just a good player, I think they lose. Uh, the other was the AFC Championship game against the Bengals two years ago. If Chris Jones is replaced by just a good NFL player. The Ravens game last the, week. Yeah. But, I mean, but that's two that I yeah. can think of in, the, in my head that I go, oh, that's that was the difference. If Chris Jones was replaced by just a good NFL defensive lineman, I'm not talking about some scrub over at Water Valley High School. I'm talking about a good NFL defensive lineman. The 49ers are champions today. And the Bengals – Bengals played in back-to-back Super Bowls. Yeah. He he literally was that impactful. Um, he affected – there was – I don't know. I'm trying to think. I know there were three 
touchdown throws that a normal court. I mean, Purdy would have made it, made the throw. Yes, um, there was one that comes to mind. It was like a kind of a seam route down the, and and, and they hit it. It was it was there. It was going to be a touchdown, and he had to. He couldn't quite get everything set. He couldn't get his mechanics right because Jones was on top of him, and he overthrew it out of the end zone. I think it was. I think it was to Debo Samuel. It was a. It was play action off the outside zone. I remember that because he was front side with it. I know exactly which. And then he just wrote it and got him. Um, he made it. He back gapped a. Uh, he back gapped a, a naked, uh, one time and caused like an eight yard loss when they threw it to uh, uh, Uzcheck in the in the. You know, and they tackle him for like an eight-yard loss. So, it's like second 18 kill to drive. He dominated that game. I agree. Uh, but San Francisco, they were moving the line of scrimmage, and they just abandoned the run and never went really back to it as far as setting a tone. That's who they are. Um, and they, you know, where Shanahan's kind of an ingenious in what he does offensively is, you know, he uses – you know, there's a there's a saying is like, you know, everybody uses, you know, that spreads the field out, uses all 53 and one-third yards of the field, spreading everybody out. He does the same thing, self-admittedly, he's talked about it, by bringing everybody in. And he and he plays the game inside out instead of outside in. And But that's set up off the run. And, and you got the best running back in the NFL and just kind of – and it was having his way and then just mm-hmm. kind of abandoned it. So that was – I think that was part of it. Um, talking about a little schematics here. The game uh, winning touchdown uh, to McCole Hardman, yeah, was a schematic masterpiece. Um, they had that. There were there were a couple of things schematically in that game that the probably normal fan doesn't really appreciate as much. One is we had the discussion this morning in the office, and I was trying to explain to it what Bosa was doing. They did not run a design run uh, with Patrick Mahomes the entire season. They will not even do quarterback sneak with him because he's gotten hurt before. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes kind of put him on his back with his legs, but like on two design runs, uh, one was just straight read zone uh, where the, he hasn't ran it all year. And he gets like 22 yards on it on, on a drive that they end up scoring on. It was a big play. And then the fourth and one in overtime, they basically had read zone with a triple option off of it, you know, an RPO off of it with Kelsey to the flat. Um, but just running him like that was um, was just you haven't done it all year and you've been waiting for that those two critical plays and they were ended up being both critical plays in the game but then the touchdown so you are damned if you do and this is why that this is why Kansas City is so dangerous in the tight red zone is you are damned if you do and damned if you don't they are so good receivers are so good at finding open zones and you're and by sides you have Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback is you can't play zone on them down there. You have to man them up. And as soon as you man them up, Kansas City basically had, whereas it was in 12 personnel, and they took both tight ends and they put them tight to the line of scrimmage with one receiver out wide. And when they motion, they let the motion guy get full speed motion and they let him stack right behind three and caught them in the middle of trying to switch it off. And as soon as he saw him switching it off. Because he jumped on Kelsey. Because, yes, because now the corner bumps to Kelsey. The guy that was on Kelsey bumps. And now the backer, who's who originally has three, has to kick all the way out to one because they didn't pass it off in time. And you can't you can't win. And you saw Kelsey's route that he ran. That's why he never turned around. So if if the corner was going to jump out and take Harbin, he was going to hook up. So they were they, they had no chance to win that. They were They were beat on the snap. And they run plays like that so many times that they know if you're in man or zone. 
and he snapped it to right. They've done that over. They've done like a third, fourth time they've done it this season. And you just you have no chance. It's schematically because if you play them zone, they're going to find the open hole. So it was really a schematic master class down there in the tight red zone. All right, uh, a couple other things in the game. Uh, my son was all over this one, so I got to talk to it because he was on it. He was asking me about it. Uh, the Travis Kelsey bump of uh, Andy Reid. Yes. Got a lot of people in their fields about that, including my son. Yeah. He asked me, said, how would you handle that? And I, I will probably surprise you here. Well, okay. How would you – all right, let's go. How would you handle it? If you're, if you're Andy Reid, okay, how would you handle it? How long have I coached Travis Kelsey at this point? You, you're, you're Andy Reid. Okay. I know who he is. I know what makes him tick. He's an emotional player in the heat of the moment. I would have forgotten about it. I would have kept going. I would have just kept calling. I would have done exactly what Andy Reid did. I would have. Because, look, it's my understanding that within a short period of time, he came over like, hey, I'm, I, I was out of line. I'm sorry. He's a pro. You know who he is. He's made how many plays for me? Over couple, the, couple. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Now, if I'm a high school coach, it's a different deal. Yeah. If I'm a college coach with an unproven player, it's a different deal. If I'm a college coach with maybe even a proven player, it's a little different deal. This is the pros. Okay? He's not some hothead rookie. No, I mean, he's, he's won you a couple of titles already, been part of two championship teams. I guess got you to another championship. I mean, they've played in some Super Bowls. I know Brady got them, but for the most part, they win. I mean, he's played so many big games, including the one two weeks ago that beat the Ravens there. Yeah. I would have ignored it. I mean, look, Kelsey got lucky that it didn't knock him down because he stumbled. <laughs> he's 65 years old. You know, hit by a tight end. Had he fallen, <laughs> like, and gotten hurt or something, and that – it, it would have been a different deal, but as it was, eh, whatever. I mean, come on. We got – I mean, you want to get triggered about some of the stuff. And, like, I joke. I joked last night on Twitter. I'm like, I wonder what's going to happen now because it was kind of – it was like, hey, whoa, well, if you were going to script it. But, no, I'm cool with that. Whatever. These are pros. At some point in their tenure together, I promise you, Andy Reid has gotten – I don't mean this literally, figuratively, up in his ass about something. Well, he did not too long ago. So it's fine. These are competitors, man. I mean, that is that is high-level NFL football in a game that ultimately went basically five quarters before it was decided. I mean, three seconds shy of five quarters. It was a little intense. If that was – here's how, and this this was kind of caught, kind of caught my son off guard because I've always – I kind of ran a tight ship, you know. And I explained this to my son, and he looked at me like I had uh, dicks coming out of my ears. Is if this was week six in a game versus the Denver Broncos, sure, I'd have sat his ass at least for a drive, and we'd had a talk. He he was going to sit out for a little bit. You would have certainly had a big time meeting on Monday. Yes, well, yeah. he, he would. I probably would have sat him for a little bit. Which, by the way, Andy Reid did sit him for a couple drives. I don't know how long ago that was. It was later in the year when he threw he. Had, Infamously threw his helmet and all the stuff, and they lost the game. Um, but the Super Bowl, no, brother, I, I, I didn't. I would have forgot about that thirteen seconds after. And that was early in the game before Greenlaw's injury, and he was frustrated. It was, yeah, it was right after the fumble, Pacheco fumble, because right. they took him out of the game. 
Pacheco. Right after his fumble, they had taken him out of the game for that play, and he was pissed about it. But it's the Super Bowl, and and look, I have a saying. This could be – there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with this. Okay. I, I'll say it anyway. I don't believe in pun- – like, I believe in punishing players when they act stupid. I also, at the same time, don't believe when you have superstars or guys that can affect the game – you have to be very careful that you don't punish the other players on the team or yourself uh, because you're punishing another kid. Of course. So there's a fine line there. Yeah. There's but, a, if that was uh, uh, what's my guys the back, running back uh, Clyde Edward Hilaire did something like that. You're ass. Hey, we'll see you. Well, the fact that their bench <laughs> reacted the way that they did, which was kind of like oh, whatever, another day, right? I mean, it tells me that all right. That's a when I say volatile, I don't mean like I just mean that's. A combustible emotional relationship. Yeah, you got to let that. You can't punish the whole team and ruin your whole season no. in the Super Bowl because somebody's no, I, upset. I, I thought nothing of that at the time. Yeah, so that was. I, I watched Twitter blow up for a minute, and I was like, "Eh, whatever." <laughs> it was pretty. I'm gonna. I'm gonna it go, was a good one, though. I'm gonna go get another beer. Yeah, it was a good one. Well, though. I mean, look, the whole Kelsey thing has become like everything else in our country right now, where literally everything. Gets politicized. <laughs> you can't even joke about it. Like, you know, when it ends, whoever runs Biden's account, <laughs> well past grandpa's bedtime. I saw that like an hour ago for the first yeah. time, by the way. I mean, you know, he's like, it was all part of the plan with the demon eyes and stuff. And it was like, okay, well, I mean, the one thing that we're fully admitting is that he's not running the Twitter account. But whatever. I mean, it actually was kind of funny, you know. I mean, whatever. This doesn't. We've politicized everything. We've politicized their relationship. We've politicized him. We've politicized everything. And everybody's kind of guilty of it. Yeah, they no doubt. I mean, the beginning of the game was pretty political. The pregame stuff was, I mean, if you talk to people who were in the stadium, they'll tell you that it was kind of weird at the beginning. Which part? The first the first anthem before they do the America the Beautiful, the Black National Anthem. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, one. it was before they they so they did the NFL Man of the Year. I had my volume down until the start of the game. They did that, and then they did the Black National Anthem, and a lot of people in the stands didn't stand. There was a lot of like the networks, the producers basically didn't show crowd. They just locked in on stuff because it was apparently it was like pretty tense. Oh, well, I mean, which is where we've gotten as a country. Everything's pretty political and everything's pretty tense and everything's pretty polarized, including the Super Bowl. All right. Um, all right. Last thing. Then I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes for a second. The overtime rules. Complete, complete an utter catastrophe for the Niners. For every everything involved. Okay, can I can I go on record here because I love this overtime. No, no, I like the I like the overtime. Okay, I'm just talking about one team knew the rules and the other didn't. How? This is what I'm talking about. Yes. How? I, I don't. It, it's a that's how. A, it's a failure on Shanahan's part. Period. This is how the Chiefs talked about after the game that starting in training camp, they talked about overtime rules and that how they were different in the Super Bowl and that every single day for the last two weeks either in practice and or meetings, they addressed overtime rules. Like, hey, it's different than the regular season. Yeah, probably just like every other team that was in the playoffs. So this, But this was the first, since they changed the rule, 
because they changed the rule after that Bills. Yeah, it's Chiefs for game. just the playoffs. But this was the first overtime game Correct. since that game. If you remember, not really talking to you, but just in yeah. the masses out there, our hundreds and hundreds of thousands of listeners. Um, I'm kidding. Wish. Tell a friend. Um, <laughs> Lots of. But them. if you remember, the Bills and Chiefs had a show, uh, an absolute classic game in mm-hmm. Kansas City. I want to say it was an AFC divisional playoff game. And they went back and forth, back and forth. Mahomes was awesome. Josh Allen was awesome. The game was great. Yeah. And if you were just somebody at home who just watched the game and you were a Seahawks fan or something or a Cowboys fan, you just loved the game. It's like when they scored like 28 points the last five minutes. And so they end up, they flip a coin, Chiefs win the toss, drive down the field, kick a field goal, win the game. And it's like, wait a minute. No, that's not how this should end. Josh Allen should get a shot. Yeah. And so the NFL was like, you know, we probably don't want a playoff game ending like that. And there you have it. Yeah. And so, but I don't, but the Chiefs talked about how, hey, look, I know we've had overtime games in the regular season, and this is how it was, you know, drive down the field, get it first, drive down the field and score a touchdown, ball game, night, night, over. This is not like that. So we're going to have a different approach. The Chiefs, had they won the toss, they were going to go on defense first. Yeah. That's that's part the Niners, two. the Niners very clearly, and this is some of their players have admitted it. They didn't talk about it. They didn't know the rules until they looked up and read them on the big screen. And when they won the toss, they wanted the ball because they were assuming in that moment, hey, if we drive down the field and score a touchdown, ball game's over. Anybody with a brain knows that if you think about this logically with this set of rules, you want to go on defense first. Why? Well, a defensive score ends the game. Well, you know you got And then four if downs. they score a field goal, well, you know, okay, I gotta, I'm got i going to run this a little bit more conventionally because a field goal extends the game. If they score a touchdown, screw that. We're in four-down territory from the moment we get the ball. Now, and if you drive down and get a touchdown, you got a decision to make. Do you want to go for two and try to win the Super Bowl? Or do you want to go for one and extend the game? Knowing you're going to give it back to them, and now that both teams have had the ball – one score wins. And so the answer would be if you were the Niners and you win the toss is no, we'll kick. We'll let them yeah. have it first. And then that way, if they score and you drive down the field and score again, like say they, they score a touchdown, kick an extra point, you drive down the field and score. Okay. You know what? You got a chance right now. One play with Patrick Mahomes standing over there on the sideline to win the game. You're not going to give it back to him because if you kick an extra point, and you give it back to them, and he drives down to the 30, Butker kicks a 47, 48-yarder, and you lose. So you're going to go for two. They just weren't prepared. And that's, to me, of all the stuff, like a fumble here and a hold here. And, I mean, look, it was a five-quarter game, right? I mean, any one of 20-something plays could have changed the game. But that's the inexcusable part. That's unbelievable. Like, all right, and so, and Grinds in the Cooper Chevrolet chat, he says, but isn't sudden death if both teams score? Getting the ball first still makes sense if that's the case. Getting the ball first makes no sense. Grind, I love you. This makes no sense. If I, if you get the ball second, this is exactly what happened. If you watch the game, yep. it was first and 10. Every single call, because they had to have a field goal, every single first down call that took place before they got into field goal range, First down was treated like a free down. So they handed the ball off to Pacheco. He gets four yards. So in your mind, you technically have first and six instead of first and ten. Yeah, because it's you're going – yeah. 
Yeah, and then and then if you because you're not punting, you're not punting at all, and so you take that whole play out of it and you get it as a bonus play. Uh, that was I was, I think we were robbed. We were about eight yards short of having one of the most bizarre things that ever occurred in sports. I am convinced, and not one person can convince me otherwise. I am one hundred percent convinced that if the 49ers would have scored a touchdown, that the entire sideline would have would have rushed the field and celebrated. I think you're right. Certainly some of them you, would have. You cannot convince me that wouldn't have happened. Certainly some of them would have, no doubt. Oh, that would have been fun. Can you imagine what we'd be talking about today if that happened? This. <laughs> this. It's just it's bizarre. And then I will say this. I I was unaware of part of the rule. I, I started thinking, I said, because it was an eight-minute drive, and I was like, normal in nor- normal overtimes, <coughs> excuse me, you have a two-minute warning, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I was like, are they going to – and I, I remember him saying, hey, we're so going to play Brand, this like a regular new game. He goes, we're playing – A new game. Gentlemen, congratulations, we're playing a new game. And so when they blew through – I mean, he walked through it. He told them, here is what the deal is, but they weren't listening. But I didn't know that when the clock ended, I was like, I, I had some confusion there. I was like, okay, if the clock ends, but then when they blew through the two minute two minute warning, I kind of figured it out. Yeah, that was just the first quarter. Yeah, so they were gonna they were gonna <laughs> flip flip the field and start back on the second quarter. Now, now that I knew that, the the thinking behind that is some people were like, why do you even have a clock? Well, the whole point is, if it does go to a second one and the game was outside or whatever it was, you could you could strategically pick wind and things like that for kicks and so on and so forth. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, Neil, um, I want to talk about this. Patrick Mahomes' legacy. This guy's 28 years old now. Mm-hmm. He has been a starter in the NFL. He just finished his sixth year yes. as a starter. Yes. He's been to the Super Bowl four times. Mm-hmm. It's three and one. And it's three and one. Mm-hmm. The two seasons that he didn't go to the Super Bowl, he lost in the AFC Championship game. Yes. So six seasons as a starter, the mm-hmm. worst he's ever done is he's lost twice in the AFC Championship game. Yep. Been to the Final Four all six times. 
Final two, four times. Final one, three times. 28 years old. Yep. Um, the scary part is he's just now entering his prime. I mean, he's 28 years old. He is entering his prime window. Yeah. Like, this next year considered is going to be considered the start of his prime. That's just insane to think about. The guy's already got three titles, been there four times. I mean, and look, we can call it what we want to. They lost a lot. Defense carried them. They lost a defense. They're not going to get their love that they deserve, which we talked about Chris Jones, but they carried them this, this run. But if you got Chris Jones, which they just locked up. Yeah. And you got a defense of uh, just the average defense with Patrick Mahomes. How many how many titles does he does he run off here? He's twenty eight years old. Coach. I mean, it's always hard to predict in a in a when in a vacuum, but because there are other good players. But no, look, I mean, they go into next season. I mean, they're the favorite to win it again next year. I mean, if you look at the AFC, the AFC picture, who in the AFC are you? remotely confident in making a run at the Chiefs. I mean, somebody will, but you got the, but look at the same con- people. But look at the contenders, right? Jacksonville took a step back. You this, had the Bengals and the Bills. This felt like Baltimore's best shot. They'll be back. Though. This felt like Buffalo's best shot. I mean, Buffalo's fine, but they don't, they don't do it. They don't get it done in the playoffs. And at some point, that's who you are. The Ravens are that way. They don't get it done in the playoffs, and at some point, that's who you are. And now, you know, who knows what the Bengals are going to look like? I mean, I don't know. They lost their offensive coordinator. What does Burrow look like? Does Burrow come back completely healthy? What happens with T. Higgins? Can they improve on defense? Because the back end of their defense was bad. So after that, who's in it? Maybe Pittsburgh starts to take a step, but they don't have that quarterback. Um, they got to go get one. So, you know, I mean, the answer to your question is, the odds are he's back in the final four at a minimum next year. And so at that point, what he's proven is what he has proven at this point is that the only two people in NFL history that I think even are comparable to him in this category are Joe Montana and Tom Brady. I mean, we're in, we're in really rarefied air in that when he gets the ball at the end, you're like, Oh shit, well, he's going to score. By the way, we had a super chat a minute yeah, go ago. Um, I can't read it. TJ says, do you guys think they took the ball first because the defense just came off the field after a long drive and tried to give rest? It seemed like the Chiefs were going to score if they got the ball first. I don't. Just based on body language, I think they thought, hey, we're going to get the ball, go score, and try to win the game. And I I heard that one of the commentators say something about this. Was it Romo, I guess, was talking about this last night when it happened? I think so. I'm like, look, guys. This is the fucking Super Bowl, man. You, you can be tired tomorrow. No, they thought that the rules were that, and they did not want to give the Chiefs the ball and let the Chiefs go score and win the game. They they were – no. It was, yeah. They didn't – I don't want to hear nothing about nobody being tired. Like, you don't – They didn't know the rules. Period. There's a, there's a really – it's, it's, it's really that simple. Yeah. There's a really unique thing when it comes to players. In big moments and big games, you don't get tired. You, I mean, you, you don't get tired. You yeah. go. And there's no – nobody yeah. even thinks about being tired. Um, uh, today's probably a good day for Kyle Shanahan to get some life advice. Probably feels like, you know what, man, I, I'm going to have to address this. He this needs is, to call Cole Walters, too. He needs to give Cole a call. Uh, Kyle used to live in Georgia, so he might be familiar. State Farm Insurance Cole Walters. Cole is licensed in auto, home, life, health, business, and pet insurance. And if I were 
Shanahan, I'd get a new puppy today. <laughs> For the whole state of Georgia, and insure it through Cole. 706-525-7850. They can find us. Uh, they can find them at ColeWaltersInsurance.com. I would get like a Labrador or a Golden Retriever, a cute little puppy. I'd buy the health, health insurance on it because your luck right now, he's going to get sick. And just go play with the puppy. You got enough money to hire somebody to clean up his or her messes for a little while. You can get him trained, get her trained. But you need a little bundle of joy that's going to love you no what matter it, what. What if it identifies as a lion? But that's okay, too. <laughs> But you know what it won't do? It will never look at you and go, what the hell were you thinking? It's not going to ever say that. It's going to look up at you like, hey, you're home. I don't know what happened. Don't really care. You're home. When's dinner? All right, Neil. And he needs that right now. (laughs) He does. Because he's surrounded by people who are, if they're not saying it, they're thinking it. And so at least when he looks at his eight-week-old Labrador Retriever puppy, he knows that puppy is not thinking about what happened at the effing Super Bowl. <laughs> this, is, this is accurate. He's thinking, hey, when is the next meal? Where's my ball? Hey, what's up? <coughs> you're, you're here. Let's play. Let's tug something. All right, Neil. Last thing I want to – this is really a betting thing but that has to do with the Super Bowl. Uh, I got a funny little uh, – Super Bowl prop bet story, I was going to tell you. So I get a text from somebody that listens to our show. Okay. That says, do you want a sure thing? And I was like, yeah. Sends me a screenshot. They had a buddy who evidently was working the Super Bowl. And they were in the building when Reba McIntyre was announcing was practice rehearsing rehearsing the national anthem so it says rehearsals were today she did it four times a minute 36 11 a minute 35 93 a minute 35 83 a minute 34 97 okay so i got this what was the over under 90.5 so a minute 30 and a half oh so she was going over she was gonna go over okay and on tiktok and all this thing it's the better media guys like Jake Paul sent his group out there with ten thousand dollars, two guys, and they were they were trying to do this whole thing about trying to figure it out, and they had bet the under. So when I looked on the sports book after I got this text that it had been pulled, they had, oh info they had, had gotten out, info had gotten out, and they had pulled it. Well, conveniently they put it back up at ninety five point five. Okay, before the Super Bowl they put it back up the over under back up at ninety five point five. I uh, timed it. Now, remind you, the over-under was 95.5 right before the Super Bowl. Yep. She went 135.47. Okay. So she's three hundredths of a second under. And now that's according to my watch. So that would be – that was uh, very interesting. I did not – I was not able to place the bet. I probably would have felt bad. <laughs> I was like, I was like, surely this is like a, a bad text or something, you know, that couldn't be. Buddy, that's pretty accurate. So whoever that was, they they evidently were there listening to it. Uh, but here was the controversy. She said, like when she sang the national anthem, she said the word brave twice. In what context? You know, the land of the, of the free and the home of the brave. brave. And then she went brave again. And so there's some the sports only book, has one brave. So some sports books are killing it after the first brave, which would put it under. Some people are counting the whole thing, which would put it over. So a lot of people are pissed off that bet on that today. Shouldn't bet on it. 
Well, I mean, but the song doesn't have two Braves. It doesn't. It's one Brave. It's a singular Brave. But I can tell you this. If the sports books have a way to keep their money, because they, they got hammered. They lost a ton of money. Because oh, like 74% of the actual money was on the Chiefs. Yeah. So they got they they lost. Um, so they they're probably gonna try to keep everything they can get. All right, Neil. Uh we'll pivot just a little bit. Right after our well, not right after our show, I guess it was Friday, Friday or Saturday, in a move that has that's very puzzling on so many levels. There's probably an answer out there, but one of the most surprising coaching moves that I can I can remember in my lifetime. Chip Kelly leaves as being the head coach of UCLA, the newly Big Ten membered UCLA Bruins, to go be the offensive coordinator for Ohio State. Yep. Um, at minimum, I'm talking about at minimum, he's taking a $4 million a year pay cut. Mm-hmm. So he signed a three-year deal. So he's basically, his whole contract is worth one year of his. So it's definitely not about money. Right. We know that. It's right. not about money. He's 60 years old, I think. He's 60, right around 60. This is not hard to figure out. You want me to break it down for you? I'm curious. Okay. Because I've heard a lot. I've talked to a bunch of coaches about it, and there's it's it's very puzzling. Okay. Because I know probably what you're going to say, but it's still puzzling. Here we go. I'm told he's been very good with his money. Well, yeah. I mean, is, set fin- is set financially. Told he did not like Los Angeles. Did not feel like UCLA was in a spot from an NIL perspective to be competitive in the Big Ten, that it was one thing in the Pac-12, it was going to be a new thing in the Big Ten, and they were not going to be able to handle it. And I think he, like a lot of um, your ex-colleagues, people that you know in coaching, um, does not particularly, is not particularly crazy about the new calendar if you're a head coach. And I think what Ohio State told him was, hey, look, you're never going to have to go on the road recruiting. Um, we're not going to get you involved in. That's what I'm told. We're not. Okay. We're not going to get you involved in recruiting until just closing it out with some guys. Really, what we want you to do is coach ball, make us a better offense, schematically, strategically. Coach ball. They're going to pay him a lot of money. Not not as much as he make at UCLA, but he's not going to work as much either. Going to have more downtime. Not going to have to fool with all the crap. Not going to have a lot of administrative stuff at all. Just go be a ball coach. And I think he just wants to coach ball at a place where they are good at NIL. He's going to have talent. There you go. I I, I think the guy looked at it and said, you know what? There's more to life than money, especially when you have plenty of money. He's in his 60s. He didn't want to do all that. I got to recruit these kids all the time. I got to keep doing it. I got to do all the stuff. I got to transfer. He just says, F it. Here, Ryan, you do that stuff. I just want to coach ball. They gave him an opportunity to coach ball, and he did it. He he tried to get the Seahawks OC job, which we're going to talk about in a second. He tried to get it, didn't, and then just said. I think he interviewed with Washington and somebody else, too. He just looked at it and said, this isn't going to work. And if you look at what UCLA is doing, it's very clear that UCLA doesn't think it's going to work. They're not dedicated to it. And they're about to go get in a league that's pretty good. We all do the Big Ten jokes. Look, they're going to get their balls crushed in the Big Ten. (laughs) Okay? I mean, it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. And if you don't have 
if you don't have the right amount of NIL money at all, you can't compete. <laughs> this is not complicated. It doesn't matter about traditions or facilities or your uniform, how pretty it is. They do have nice uniforms. It just doesn't matter. If you don't have the money to buy the players in the current iteration of college football, you have no chance. And I think he looked at it and went, I just don't care anymore. I've got money. I'm good. It's not like he's going to be living on tuna and and He's going to be all right. And so he just looked at it and said, I'm just going to go. He likes ball. He likes to coach ball. He gets to just go coach ball. I think think for him, when people go, I don't get it, I'm like, I do. If this were some 37-year-old dude breaking in, you'd be like, what are you thinking? But he's not. He's not. He's got money. He doesn't. I mean, everybody wants more. If you've got more, I mean, yeah, yeah. two million is not as much as five million. Gets out of California. I was told he did not like Los Angeles. He did not like living there. He was getting to a place where recruiting there was becoming a problem. USC is ahead of them. So in inside your own city, you're behind. And I just think he looked at it and said, screw it. I, well, he evidently did that. I want some peace of mind. And he got it. So good for him. I mean, I, the people that do this, I'm like, man, there is a thing in this world called, and you, you and I have talked about this many yeah. times, work-life balance. It's real. And if all you do is work, if all you do, what difference does it make how much money you make? If you have no ability to spend time with your children, people in your life, whatever, if, what difference does it make? You're not the one spending the money. And look, if it's going to cause you to have a heart attack and die, you're not taking it with you. Yeah, I was just surprised. I, I think you chased happiness, man. Yeah, I if I was, but I guess that's what I'm getting at is like, okay, I've had enough of the rat race, uh, and he and money is definitely not the reason he did it because I think this move is, if you took both contracts, is mm-hmm. about a twelve and a half million dollar difference over the lifespan of the contracts. Yeah. Now he gets he gets away from a heavy tax deal, but yeah, yeah, but still a lot. Um, I mean, dude, go take a group of five job. Go, go. But then you got to do all the transfer portal stuff. He just wanted, I'm telling you, it's the reason he wanted an NFL gig. He just wants to coach ball. And I think Ohio State said, if you come here, we've got people to do all that other stuff. Just go coach. We'll we'll bring you in on the end on some recruiting stuff. He's not going to have to go hit the road for three months in recruiting. Not, not at all. I'm sure when guys come to Columbus for an official visit, he'll meet with them, the offensive guys or whatnot. That's it. That's yeah. it. And you know as well as I do that there are guys in coaching as they get a little older that are like, hey, man, whatever you got to do to get me off the damn recruiting trail. <laughs> you, you know those people. Yeah. Um, can I, can, I guess I can tell a story down out of turn since there, a lot of people are retired. I won't say who it was, but I made up a phantom recruit. Uh, we made up a phantom recruit one time to send a coach so he, he could go have a long weekend in his beach house. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. He need, he needed he needed a break. Yeah. So we made up a we made up a phantom recruit uh so he could go take a have a little long, longer weekend. So I've I've done that before for a coach. It just it, in the same conference was a little bit I was just like, okay, but he went from a school that's not doing NIL to one that is. And hey, hats off to Ohio State. Ohio State they're all in. 100%. They're all in on 24. 100%. They are all in. They have. They are. They are pushing the chips to the middle of the table. Like yeah. it's. It's to the point. Especially, you know how uh, a lot of the talk around the SEC and around uh, this particular neck of the woods mm-hmm. is. It, it's playoff or bust for Ole Miss, right? Because it is. 
Yeah. Ohio State, it's natty or bust. Yeah. I mean, they are all Well, and so if, if they don't make it and they lose and Ryan Day gets fired and they don't keep Chip Kelly, they'll pay off the rest of his contract and he can go whatever. He's good. I, I, I t- Listen, I commend the guy. Tip my hat. <laughs> A lot of money. All right, UCLA today hires Deshaun Foster. Uh, I don't know if you saw that or not. I, I mean, mean good show. for him, but I mean, come on. How about how about this? He left UCLA last week to become the running backs coach at the for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So he was in the NFL for like eight days, and nine days, and uh, comes back as the head coach at UCLA. So um, there was some very that was an interesting, quick but interesting coaching search. There were a lot of names sitting head coaches' names who were coming up in that that very quickly got out of that in a hurry. All right, uh, SEC country. Ryan Grubb, which we mentioned, I guess, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Ryan Grubb takes the offensive coordinator job uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. So he probably gets to check out of the Hampton Inn and Suites there in Tuscaloosa. Yes. I'm sure he didn't. Well, you know, you got a couple of living options when you go in there. I actually stayed in the hotel. Some people stay. If you if your family's there, you, there's some condos. But he was there for a short period of time, and then he is off uh, to the Seahawks. Uh, my Alabama people, my, my my friends, having a tough time with this one. The Red Elephant Club having a tough time with this one because he told them, Neil, to their face on Wednesday that I, I quote, no, he was. I am your new offensive coordinator. And he was. And he bolted less than 48 hours later. Well, on the day that he said he was their new <laughs> offensive coordinator, he was telling the truth. All right. Coincidentally, this is the other conspiracy theories. Thir- yeah. 30, 30 days after, <laughs> 30 days after the window closes, uh, for transfers, uh, I think that's probably uh, there's probably some truth to that. You think? But I I didn't think I don't think it make would make a difference. I don't think anybody's going there because of him. But they didn't want to take that chance. They didn't want to take the chance. Um, and look, if you're an Alabama fan, you'll be okay. Um, you got one of the top five offensive minds in the world as your head coach. I imagine he will call it. Um, Grub just happened to be one of the very few people on the planet. Uh, that he trusted to call the plays. Um, Kalen DeBoer is an uh, unbelievable football coach. They will, you'll be just fine. Now, the trick is, which you just mentioned a second ago with Chip Kelly, the trick is balancing the new bullshit that comes into being a head coach. Okay? Used to be you, you could call plays because, hey, we'll call plays because all I have to deal with is speaking here or speaking there or whatever, right? You could control your schedule. Now it's all about, relationships and raising money and things like that. The head coaching, I call it the bullshit plate, has gotten much deeper. Well, and just in general, it shows you that, hey, if you can be an offensive coordinator in college or an offensive coordinator in the NFL, it's an easy it's an easy call. Yeah. So One's, one's just ball. One's ball. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, the Alabama will be fine. It doesn't matter who they hire. I think it's irrelevant. All right, last thing. I want to I hit you with this before we get out of here. Okay. We're going we're gonna to switch topics. I have, along with my, my good friends at Crit- with our Criteria Club that we're having, Grind, I know you're in here. You have been missing out on a legendary betting month, really two months now in college basketball. Neil, it's legendary. It's legendary. I screwed around yesterday. Oh, I mean, everyone's talking about it. They are. They're making coin. Um, our betonline.ag will tell you the same thing. <laughs> we're making some coin. Matter of fact, hey Neil, you'll hear some you'll hear some bet a lot of AG numbers. Last week, last week, the last seven days from Sunday to Sunday, um, 
our bet online AG members collected over fifteen grand. <laughs> so you tell me I should take the check that I wrote you back. That's, that's exactly what they you're saying. They made fifteen grand. All right. If so I weren't crippled, I'd attack your bag right now and fish that damn thing out. They made fifteen grand last week. All right. So which um, means we didn't. Yes, which means we didn't. That's right. That's all right. Um, so anyway, long story short is uh, been on this run. It's been watching a lot. I'm talking about have gotten I've gotten out of control with college basketball. I love it. I really do. It's become probably my second favorite sport. I don't know why. I'm a big college basketball fan. But I, I've, I, even myself, I have reached sad levels. I am watching the ESPN Plus app. When I click the button, I, I have to be one of like five people watching some of these games. I mean, Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac, however you pronounce it. I'm all Seattle University versus Utah Valley. Oh, God. Niagara and St. Peter's. Why? I mean, we're in it, man. We're in this thing. So... Long story short. I mean, I've watched the Pistons a couple of times. I can't make fun. So the criteria, Neil, is you take teams that are at least five between five and nine and a half point favorites at home. Okay. And, and then you take Ken Palm and he does his computer thing, which is very good. And and you take those teams that are between five and nine and a half point favorites that are over 70% win rate okay. in Ken Palm. Okay. Which is different than ESPN. And it hits, man. It hits all time. So we do, we, we're on a run. Is John Calipari in trouble at Kentucky? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. What does it take? What? Because here's. They're not winning big this year. I, I mean, look, they're not. They don't guard anyone. They win some games here and there because they, they have some offensive guys who can play. Young dudes who have some real talent. But they give up points. They give up buckets, easy buckets, to everyone they play. Yeah, they overwhelm the Vanderbilts of the world. But like South Carolina. And look, my guy over there, Lamont Paris, has done a fantastic <laughs> Sooner job. Sooner or later, we got to start loving on South Carolina, right? I mean, I'm, I'm doing it now. Lamont Paris has done a fantastic job. He has. <laughs> Everybody keeps waiting for the dollar drop. No, 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 hold on. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not taking anything away from what they've done. They've done a great job. He, he brought in a, a – he put some pieces together, and they've made it work, and they play with a, a real sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, they play pretty smart. I, I think Lamont Paris has done a terrific job. So props. Now – I think even he would begrudgingly agree with what I'm about to say. They're not that damn talented. <laughs> and they they put up 90-something on Kentucky. Okay? I mean, they put up 90-something on them. They can't guard anybody. And so the people that are, what's it going to take for them to turn it around and make a Final Four run? It's not happening. I mean, it's not. It, it No. Watch them play four games in a row and then tell me that you think there's any world where – and look at the metrics. Their metrics don't support it. Metrically, the teams that go to the Final Four usually have like a pretty common set of criteria. Yeah. They're nowhere close. Defensively, they're like worlds away from it. No. So, I mean, like, if you told me they lost to Ole Miss tomorrow night, I believe it. And that's not a knock on Ole Miss, but like Ole Miss is pretty limited too in terms of – 
They don't have that. Di- There's nobody on the Ole Miss team that you like. That dude's a walking bucket. He get it to him, bucket. Like you know, I was watching a game the other day. The Thunder were playing the Mavericks, and Luka Doncic, he's a was bucket. just a bucket. <laughs> like he's 35 feet from the goal, and Lou Dort, who's one of the best defenders in the league, is wearing his underwear. Luka is Patrick Mahomes with the ball in his hand in the fourth quarter, and Luka's just like <laughs> ah, boop, bucket. You know, make passes and stuff. I'm not saying Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky has dudes who can score. They have multiple guys who can score. Dillingham and Reeves and some of those cats. But, dude, they don't guard anybody. And if you don't guard anybody, it's going to get you yeah. in college basketball, especially when people have scouted you. Like, their performance against Tennessee, they have no chance in that game. That's not a good Gonzaga team the, the other day. Gonzaga's fine. This is not one of his best teams. There's no... Jalen Suggs or Chet Holmgren on this Gonzaga team. They're fine. They scored, what, 90 points? Kentucky can't stop them. So, yeah, he's in trouble. And they're going to – I know there's a clause in the contract and all the stuff about the contract. I read his contract today. It's it's online. You can – anybody can go read it. You can pull it. Literally Google John Calipari contract, and and you can actually see the physical contract. Here's here's, – Grind nails this. Crazy stat on Kentucky. When they shoot 40% – Plus from three, they're ten and one. When they shoot less than that, they're six and six. The Zags shot twenty-two percent from three, while Kentucky shot thirty-five percent. But Gonzaga got bucket after bucket at the basket, and you, they're not even. You needed a Gonzaga. bucket. You needed a bucket. Paint. Go to the paint. Paint <clears throat> touch. Paint touch. Paint touch. I mean, Kentucky's got to go to Auburn later this week. Like, like if 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 tomorrow doesn't go their way, it could go off the rails. It's a spiral. Do you know what Auburn's going to do to them probably at Auburn? Because Auburn's good about getting when, – when Auburn Auburn knows – now, look, Florida did a great job on them, but Auburn played hungover. It was predictable. That was a schedule loss. And credit to Florida. they I think he's a good coach. And they, has, he has some, they have some good players. Big win for them. Big win. But Auburn pretty consistently, when the shooting's not there, they go get paint touches. Yeah. They get the ball in the paint. I mean, Janai Broom might go for 35 against Kentucky. No joke. I mean, Janai Broom is a potential NBA player. He's certainly going to play professionally. He's good. He might go 35 and 14 against Kentucky. And when they play at home, they have superpowers. Yeah, and I, I, they're they're just they're just in they're in trouble. You got to here, here's here's the reality at Kentucky because of who you are, because of your pedigree, because of your resume. When you go to a like Arkansas, when they, Arkansas sucks, yeah, and Arkansas almost beat them. When you go somewhere to play, you're the biggest game on the schedule. Auburn's played teams that are a lot better than Kentucky, and yet that place, they're going to be camped out waiting to get in because it's Kentucky, and they're going to wear uniforms that say Kentucky. But look, I'm just telling you, if you watched them play and their uniforms just said blue team or green team or purple team, you you wouldn't think anything of them. Nobody would have a conversation about it. I wonder if that team's going to the Final Four. No, 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 no. You might have that when you're watching Kansas or – Houston or um, Purdue or Auburn or Alabama or some teams like that, you might go, you know, if that team wore a uniform that just said orange team, red team, you might go, that team, you know, I could see it doing whatever. No, 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 no. The answer is, yeah, he's going to get fired. Well, the interesting part is in his contract, this is the first year of it after six years, which he is finishing his sixth year on the contract. By April the 15th of 2024 this year, he has a notifying in writing that he wants to become the special assistant to the AD. Mm-hmm. So he's made it this far. So he can basically become the special assistant to the AD, make a million dollars a year, 
It's, it's right at what it is, a mm-hmm. million dollars a year, and not coach again. He he doesn't act like somebody who really wants to do it much more. Yeah, so that would be interesting. All right, Neil, wrapping her up. Uh, this week, you know, football's over with. Yeah. We got Tiger Woods coming back. He will be on the TV Thursday. If he's golfing, he will be on the, on, on, on the screen. Okay. The man Tiger's trying to save the shit show of <laughs> waste management, which was, I mean, look, you know what you're getting at the waste management. They have they have hyped this golf tournament up as a party, and, buddy, they got it. Well, when they say waste, they mean it. They meant they it. Should, if they would just change it from waste management to wasted management, they, they, would, should, they, they, would, would, they would nail it. <laughs> I mean, we had multiple – post of people taking a piss on the side of the fairway <laughs> watching a golf tournament we had fights i mean they stopped selling they stopped they uh closed the gates wouldn't let people in on saturday they stopped selling alcohol i mean people had no idea who the golfers were golfers were getting into it with the with uh fans and stands it was a complete and utter shit show now phenomenal golf tournament if anybody cared who was in it again imagine this the pga tour goes down to the finals with uh in the playoff with Charlie Hoffman, the 47-year-old journeyman, um, and Nick Taylor. You ever heard of any of those golfers? No. You know who won the Live Golf Tournament this weekend? You ever heard of a guy named Dustin Johnson? I have. Telling you, two ships passing in a night, my friend. Yeah. And, of course, we will talk about this on Thursday, Neil. Okay. Because it's that time of the year. I'm going I'm to have some wagers out there for our guys, our, our crew. We have the Daytona 500 this weekend. About that. We got qualifying Wednesday night. We got the duels on Thursday night. But we got NASCAR. Did you watch any of that show I was told you about? Not yet. All right. Here's what you need to do. Between now and Thursday, I needed you to watch at least one 40-minute episode. I'll try. One 40, you give me 40 minutes of your life between now and Thursday to get the Netflix. Uh you you will like it. It will actually you I don't think you're gonna become a NASCAR fan, but you will understand it more. I've been a little occupied. I know. I think, hey. This is a big week. Big week. Tomorrow, they, they moved the baseball game to Wednesday, I think, because of the soccer game. Did they? They did. I think they're trying to get students out there. First 150 students get in free. We raised that much money over uh, one day Saturday. How about that? Yep. Me and some other soccer parents, some of the people that subscribe to my site, our site, people on Twitter. I didn't put it on the site. I just tweeted it. People who don't even live here donated. That's awesome. First 150 kids. I get in free. First 50 kids get free pizza. That's all you had to say. Jackson will be the first. My, my oldest son will be the first person in line if it's free pizza. I was tailgating out in the, um, on the practice field at 430. I, I got the impression from a couple of texts that I got yesterday that the school is really embracing it, which is awesome. Yeah, they, they moved. Open, the official first game was yesterday or supposed to be Tuesday. They moved it to Wednesday. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. Moved it to Wednesday. That is really cool. Touches me right here. Yeah, that's big. Because yeah. a lot of schools wouldn't do that. No, no. I mean, no. That's really cool, especially in this part of the world. Well, because that baseball program is big, but that's cool of them. Yeah. Give. I mean, look, I'm I'm biased as hell, but this is a special group of kids. Not just in terms of soccer, but they've had some adversity, busted their asses through it. They've kind of built for this season for a while. It's a really – you talk about chemistry. Chemistry on this team is really, really, really good and has been pretty much all year. What time's the game? Six. All right, so anybody listening, if you can get to – what's the official name of the stadium? 
Bobby Holcomb Field. Bobby on the Holcomb campus Field. Of, on the campus of Oxford Middle School. It's where, the, it's where the Oxford Chargers football team plays. It's tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Come support my man Carson McCready. And this yep. is the North North. This is the North, North half final. The winner of Oxford and Hernando will play for the state championship on Saturday against the winner of Northwest Rankin and Gulfport. Okay. So where would that game be? Ridgeland. Gotcha. That's where they all – That's a all the championships are played in Ridgeland. So, yeah. I mean, this is as far as Oxford's boys program has ever gone. So, are we carbon – are we are – we, uh, This is our first year in 7A. I mean, this was like – we jumped up. Are we, are we carbon uh, – Carson up tonight, and we're getting some pizza and pasta tonight. They have, a, they have a team dinner. They're having chicken spaghetti. Okay. And um, Cards important tonight. Lots Hunter, of bread. Hunter Crane, the head coach. Yep. This is his birthday. So Happy birthday. They're having, uh, they're having birthday cake Good and people. Stuff. Good dude. Phenomenal dude. Yep. Just a great, great dude. Uh, he coaches the girls, too. The girls have the girls have had some big-time success under, under Hunter. Um, the boys' program has been a build and process, and it's been – it's been awesome. I mean, I, I cannot. I, I was, I was so happy on Friday. Just you and I've had this conversation. I don't do the I'm proud of you thing. I'm proud of you. I don't care if he never plays. <laughs> it. I, what I'm, I'm proud of him no matter what. Right. But oh, I'm gonna get emotional talking about this. I'll stop. Oh, no, um, let's go. That's good. Good pod. Let's go. He he played the first seventy four and a half minutes, and he got a yellow. I thought it was a bullshit call, but whatever. <laughs> what did he do? He was playing for the ball. The ball's in the air. He and the guy that were playing, and they were both cont- playing for the ball. It was a physical game. Contrary to popular belief, soccer's really physical, especially in the middle of the field when the ball's in the air. And they probably were both fouling one another, okay? Yeah. And Carson's elbow, he didn't throw it. It was just here, and it hit. But it didn't hit him in the head or anything. It was. It didn't affect. The, Did, didn't get a flagrant one. No, it shouldn't have affected the play. It didn't affect possession really. The ball yeah. ended up kind of bouncing around. He got a yellow, and so the way it works, if you get two yellows, that's a red. Right. And not only are you out of the game, but you can't next play one. the next game. Yeah. I Ox- knew that one. Oxford was ahead two to one at the time, so Hunter did the right thing and took him out, not as punishment. You have to leave when you get a yellow, but he didn't put him right back in because hey. I don't. I can't run the risk of you getting another yellow here in the next six minutes. We win, and we can't play you. Right. He's their starting, uh, holding mid, kind of a. He's had a really good year. Anyway. So he comes off the field, and he's very worked up. And I'm down on the field. I'm like, hey, dude, dude, I get it, but like, you got to calm down. I was, I was looked at him. Like, you got to calm down because if you go back in, you got to be smart. And so. He did. He kind of composed himself and immediately starts cheering for his teammates. And the last six minutes were just – Madison Central's really, really good. They are a very talented team. Probably as good a team as we've seen all year, and that includes Clinton, who's an absolute juggernaut of a program. And when it ended, just the emotion got him. Yeah. And, you know, and he just – not upset. He just started crying, you know, and, and just happy and – relief and you've seen that with yeah. players and i mean his teammates there were a couple of those that were kind of emotional too but most of them were at first looking at him like are you okay and then they realized what it was and people were just supporting him and he came over to me i was on the sideline and he came over to me and just kind of lost it for a minute it was just i was proud of him i don't know not i was happy for him what i kept saying to him was i'm just so happy for you 
And look, Hernando's really damn good. We've played them twice. We lost to them once. We beat them once. They just beat Clinton in Clinton. And Clinton's, again, an absolute juggernaut coached by Tyler Wade, who's an elite high school soccer coach. Um, so we'll have our hands full. But I do think the environment's going to be cool. I think the environment is going to be as close to Friday night lights as boys soccer has had in Oxford probably ever. Ever, yeah. Well, that'd be awesome, dude. I'm going to try to sneak out. Yeah. I'm going to try to. Well, I'm, I've already told Laura I'm probably just going to have to head back down to the fence. I, 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 I can't. And, like, people will want to talk. And I'm like, I'm, y'all, I'm living on every ball. I mean, I, I'm, I'm. You won't have to worry about that. Oh, I know that with you. I know that with you. I, I probably, I probably was funny to watch. Although, I think, like, usually I'm one of the ones that people are like, hey, calm down just a little bit. It's going to be, you know, on, on Friday, as that game unfolded and a couple of the yellow cards happened and people got pretty pissed off, it got, it got pretty loud. Yeah, it gets. And there were some kids there. Some of the basketball kids came. Some of the football kids came. Uh, the girls' team had just gotten eliminated hours earlier. And to their everlasting credit, the majority of them stayed and cheered for the boys on a night when their season had ended and yeah, for some so. their careers had ended. Um, you know you know this because your kid goes there too. It's a, It can be a pretty special place. No, yeah. It's, it's hard. Uh, this is what we were talking about actually before the show started. It's very difficult. I am, I guess me, and I know you're the same way. I get more, I guess nervous is the word, anxious, nervous, or yeah. whatever, when my kid plays mm-hmm. than any moment that I've ever had coaching or playing or anything. I mean, in my life, SEC yeah. championship game, nope. College World Playoff, nope. Just <laughs> chill. But watching my kid play a freaking jamboree game, <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? You're, yeah, yeah. You're like, no, I mean, I, I, well, it's, I, I told you this. I was last night in the fourth quarter, they showed a shot of Brock Purdy's parents oh i couldn't imagine and his dad they had just scored and his his dad uh i want to say fourth quarter maybe it's third quarter i don't know but his dad looked like he'd been through the ringer you know and i was like man can you imagine and then my answer was no (laughs) No, i I cannot imagine what it would be like as a dad to look out there on the field on that stage and your son look i mean i know he's a professional but that's your son so one of the things I always tell people sometimes with like message boards and stuff, I'll tell parents like, you don't. I want. I'm glad you subscribe to the site to read stuff, but you don't need to read the message board. No, you, that's your kid. And you have to understand that it's. It's the, all fun and games. They start talking about your kid. Yes, and so. Um, but yeah, I I realized I told I told a friend down on the field, as that game was winding down, I realized you know I'm a huge Cubs fan have been since I was a little boy and in 2016 I mean I thought the world was hanging and dying on every pitch I was far more nervous about the Friday quarterfinal game than I was at any point ever in game seven of the 2016 World Series yeah and I can already tell you that tomorrow is going to be an absolutely miserable day and in, in, in a more miserable than the day of game seven was at which at which point I mean that day I thought I'm not going to make it to the end of this day. I mean, it, it, my, I'm not going to get there. And tomorrow's going to be every – And I'm, now, regular season games, I'm not that way. I'm like, don't get hurt. Good luck. Yeah. Have a good game. I'll be there cheering for you. But not nervous. Like, you know, like it's a regular season game. They're playing Tupelo or whatnot. Okay, you know, 
the playoff games. I mean, I knew I knew they had their hands full Friday night, and they did. And I was a nervous wreck. I was literally just the fact that I didn't blow my knee back out again <laughs> during that game is probably a sign that the surgery went well. I hear you. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to make it. I, I was. Uh, I think. I think we got everything cleared now that the baseball games moved. So I think we got we got basketball tonight though. We got we got a big eight U basketball game. Oh, is that right? It's so bad. Yeah. It's so hard to watch. Um, but it, we're in the – I got an eight-year-old. So, Brock's playing baseball on the high school team, so he's doing all that stuff. And then I got Knox is doing basketball and baseball at the same time. So, we got a first baseball tournament uh, this weekend. So, we're back and football's over with and right back to the ballpark. So, I'll be I'll be at a ballpark near you before too long. And then – my other my other son's got a competition thing in in Collierville this weekend, so I got I'm, we're gonna be busy. All right, last very last thing, uh, Grind wants us to pick the Ole Miss Kentucky line. The line has come out, I guess, during the course of the show. Kentucky's a nine point favorite over Ole Miss. Oh. The over under is one sixty four point five, so eighty two to eighty two. I don't know that I'd touch the over under. I I kind of like Ole Miss plus the nine. I would. For sure, the way things are, the way everything's at right now, uh, Ole Miss did not play. I don't know. The only thing I don't understand about basketball, admittedly, I don't understand the uh, how not playing affects a basketball team. It affected Florida in a very positive way. If it's they any, lost a kind of a heartbreaking game to Texas A and M and came back, I thought they looked really fresh against an Auburn team that was coming off of a real emotional game. Kentucky played a real emotional game on Saturday, and now they got to turn around with all this stuff around them. Ole Miss has had a week. Um, I would probably take Ole Miss in the points. I don't know if I'm – I mean, if it's nine and a half, and since we've had such a good month, I may sprinkle some on the money line. I, I think Kentucky is on a spiral. If you told me I had to pick it, I think I'd pick Ole Miss plus the nine, and I'd go under. Yeah, that's a lot – like – that's a lot of points. I'd, I'd go under. Because um, I got a feeling Ole Miss is pretty much him. Look, they had that horrible second half against Auburn defensively and then a horrible first half defensively at, at, against South Carolina with a week of practice. I got I, I, I'm based on Chris Beard's reputation. I got to think they really focused on defense. Yeah, especially one particular one that irritates mm-hmm. me. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not calling names no, out, no, but, but I get pissed well, off. He benched a couple people in that game. So well, I, it's one of me benched. Yeah, so it's I, every game. It irritates the I, shit out of me. I got a feeling they're dialed in tomorrow. Irritates me to death. I, I, I watch it every single game, just freaking just give up buckets. Got four guys playing their ass off on defense. The one particular guy giving up buckets. Yeah. Pisses me off anyway. All right, we've been brought to you by uh, Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of uh, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. So please check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. For uh, Tyler Siski, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, take care. Have a good week.